You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. As one of St. Louis's largest veteran-owned companies, St. Louis Acura knows what it means to serve. As we head into the holiday season, St. Louis Acura is collecting toys for tots for the United States Marine Corps and a clothing drive for local military charities and churches. Each donation can earn a gift from our boutique or a discount on a vehicle service or car wash. Please help us help others this holiday season, and thank you for helping St. Louis Acura become one of the area's top 50 fastest-growing businesses for 2021. The weekend just got more entertaining. It's Weekend Joe on Claves Online, driven by Munganast, St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me, I'm Andy Hanselman. And welcome on into another edition of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, here on ClavesOnline.com. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. Andy, hello. Hello, Joseph. Happy holidays to you and yours. Happy holidays to you as well. A few weeks away from uh, from Christmas and a uh yeah just uh, all the activities all the uh the fun christmas parties and whatnot going underway and um andy we uh last weekend uh, wasn't so much a christmas party but we had uh, we had greg warren on the uh, on the show and I, I went and saw his uh his performance saturday night at uh at seven o'clock it was a star-studded event andy star-studded yeah frank cusimano was there Wow. Yeah. Frank Cusimano. Yeah. Well, you know, Kimmel's kind of shares like a, you know, shares Westport with the funny bone out there in Westport. Uh, I mean, Frank Cusimano, most famous for being members of uh, match game or being a member of the match game 920 panel. He was on the uh, the match game 920 panel. He absolutely was. Uh, Benjamin Hockman was part of that. Brian Hoffman was a yeah. uh, was a part of that. Peoria Plowboy. Um, yeah, we uh, God, we brought out all the stars for uh, for that. Uh, Frank also part of our picks each and uh, <laughs> each and every is. week, and um, saw him, and that's that's what he asked me about. He asked me about the. Uh, he goes, so did anybody? Did anybody take Utah? And that that was first thing. First thing he sees me, he wants to know about the picks. Andy, there is no prize for these picks. There is no money on the line. Yeah, you got a prize there is, though. There is nothing on the line, and yet, I mean. Frank and Howard Richards, man, they are taking this seriously, and I appreciate that. Well, I even I texted you about the picks as well. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, that. So I have all the picks on my computer, right? So when you are uh, when you text me and ask me that, like I don't have the answer to it. Yeah, I didn't think you had it right then and there. Yeah, so still waiting for that. Still waiting for that text back too. <laughs> It's not like I've left you just on on read with that. I Why mean, not? we have texted about other things. We have. I, I just I, I never got around to looking at who you picked in the Bengals and uh, and. Uh, but I uh, believe Chiefs I. Game. But I believe I picked the Utes too. Andy, I have you down here 
as picking USC. Ah, okay. And I write yours down as soon as you pick them. Yeah, I I know you do. So that right. I uh, yeah, so that's what I have. Our picks coming up later on in the yeah. uh, in in the show. We will. But uh, I distracted you when you said Frankie Sumano in picks, and uh, you said it was a star-studded event at Greg Warren. Yeah, yeah Frank Sumano was there. Yeah. And anybody anybody else? I the, Frank Cusimano was there, so oh, it's star. So yes, yeah. so that's that's the biggest star you saw. Star studded event, yeah. Frank Frank was there, yeah. So, gotcha. yeah. So uh, I mean, Monique was there. So, oh I, wow, yeah. So I mean, I I, I you, do I need to keep going? No. Weezer was also there. If you remember Weezer from the nine twenty days, if any of our listeners remember I, uh, Weezer from the nine twenty days, I was advised to uh, not go to a barbecue with Weezer. He uh he doesn't wear much when he goes to these uh when he goes to no the no no it's a very very homoerotic event that's that is uh that is true so yeah, that of, was uh, uh, that was my Saturday night it was a lot of fun on uh Saturday speaking of homoerotic events Andy we are recording this on a Wednesday night because on Thursday night you are going to the TMA uh what fan page of the year awards or what's yeah. the yeah TMA EOTYs the end of the year awards oh okay the Odies gotcha. Yep. Uh, and to be honest, uh, Mrs. Hanselman has COVID. Um, I may oh, not be no. going. I may not be going anywhere. Oh so, no! How, is she doing okay? It's pretty mild. She's real, of course, just tired. That's what COVID does to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got that going on. That's uh, that's sad. I have uh, people have asked me why I am not going, and I I flat out just say because it's in Chesterfield. Well, I was gonna say if I do end up going. Uh, I'd be more than happy to pick you up in the heights of Fairview. No, because Andy, then I still though have to go the entire way out there. Like it's it's just the 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 journey is it, that's just a long time on a on a Thursday night to be to be uh, it, it riding is. anywhere. It's, yeah, it's, it's a long way from home. Yeah, so um, I'm fine with it. I'll uh, yeah, you you can just uh, tell me tell me what's going. I mean, I drove all the way out to Alton last Friday, so. That's about as far from your house as Chesterfield. Exactly. So I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm picking and choosing my drives. So you mentioned star-studded uh, event this weekend. Uh, Joe, is today's show, this weekend show, star-studded? Um, uh, supposed to, we're scheduled to be joined by Ryan Fagan of the Sporting News. So we will, uh, we'll see if, um, if, if we are able to, uh, to make that happen tomorrow. So as of right now, as we sit here on Wednesday and record, Andy, uh, Ryan, and I are set to be uh, set to be recording on Thursday. Okay. And um, you guys will be talking about the Cardinals signing Mike Piazza to be their catcher. Uh, Wilson Contreras. That's Wilson with two L's. Not Wilson two. with two L's. Well, that's why I was confused because Piazza has two Z's. Right, yeah. So two letters of any kind kind of throw you off, huh? It really, yeah, really, really throws me off. Yeah, and um, so what's this guy's name? Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras, not to be confused with his brother on the Braves, Willem Contreras. Ah, he has a brother. Yeah, okay. Willem Contreras, like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, like Willem. Okay, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, uh evil movie character great bad guy mm -hmm. he yeah. played a great role in uh the, the wonderful american psycho with christian bale he uh so willem defoe that he was uh he was the green goblin too and uh, he was the green Spider -Man, goblin. right 
Joe, I saw a thing about uh, American Psycho where they filmed, they had Willem Dafoe act out each scene three times. One where he knew Christian Bateman was guilty. One where he thought maybe he was guilty. And one where he knew he was innocent. Okay. All those things and they patched it all together. And that's the movie. Andy, I uh, so I, I have never seen that movie. Oh, you need to see American Psycho. Yeah, it's a uh, that is that is one of those movies I have uh, I have never seen. If if unless you don't like blood and gore, which I don't like a whole lot of it, there's not a whole lot of it in it. No, nah, not there's really. Some. Yeah, it's not like I don't like horror movies too much, but uh, old Patrick, uh, I say I think I said Christian. Uh, Christian Bateman earlier. It's, yeah, uh, you messed up his name pretty bad. I yeah. just, if you said it again, I was going to correct you. It's Christian Bale, Patrick yeah. Bateman. Okay. Patrick Bateman is the character. Pardon me, everybody. <laughs> I've had a long week already, and it's only Wednesday. It is only Wednesday. Andy, I've had a, uh, I've had an interesting start to the week um, so far. Uh, for I mean, it's, it's just, it's one of the weirdest things. Tuesday morning, get up. And see, I have a notification on my phone that's uh, telling me, hey, you know, we got an update for you. At that time of day, I know I'm not going to miss any calls or texts or anything. I mean, it's, you know, before 5 a.m. So I hit, okay, go along with the updates. <clears throat> I mean, updates, everything. I'm at the gym. I'm working out. I'm going to the locker room. I'm getting ready to go for a swim. And I hear an alarm go off. And I was like, oh, it sounds like a smoke detector, like a fire alarm. And then after like 10 seconds, it stops. And I was like, huh, not sure what that was. Oh, well, I don't care. I'm just going to go swim. I, I asked the life, I'm like, you, you hear that? No, they didn't hear anything. Okay. So, Andy, I'm, I'm swimming for about 10 minutes. And a um, co-worker of mine that's, that's working the front desk all of a sudden comes out of the pool deck and comes up to me and says, hey, the police are here. You called 911. Oh, shit. I go, no, I didn't. I go, my phone's in my bag. I've been swimming. She goes, I know. I'm telling you, the cops are here. They said you called 911. And I go, hand me my phone. So she hands me my, my bag sitting right there on the pool deck. She hands me my phone. I grab my, I, I grab it. I go look at, you know, calls. Do not have a call out to 911. And then I kind of put it together. I'm like, I wonder if that's what that alarm was. That I heard in the locker room, somehow my phone did this. I don't think anything of it. She goes out there. She's like, yeah, the guy works here. He's in the pool swimming. He didn't call 911. Like, you guys can leave. She said two cop cars, four cops came into the lobby at 6.20 in the morning on a Tuesday. Uh, They must have been slow. Right. This morning, I'm at a different gym. Andy, I'm teaching my cycling class. I wrap up my cycling class, and as I'm getting my phone, because I play the music out of my phone through the speakers in the in the room. As I'm doing this, as I'm doing this, Andy, I hear that exact same alarm go off again. Oh, no. I quickly grab my phone. I hit the X to avoid the 911 call going through. <laughs> so apparently, at some point in this update, it has rearranged something on my phone to where... I must be hitting the emergency call button. Or like, is it like scheduled to call 911 at a certain time? Hey, that'd be really, so they were slightly different times. Oh, okay. 
they were about 10 minutes off. Because that's what I thought too, and I think it was about a 10 minute time difference between the uh, between the two occurrences. Interesting. But yeah. I guess now we need to find out what happens tomorrow morning. Right. I am. I am on pins and needles for tomorrow morning at around like six fifteen to see what happens. You text me and let me know what happens. Yeah. I want to yeah. know if you've if you've called the police yet again. I I am I too I I want to know what's going to happen like. I feel like I should just let the call go through and I should be like, guys, I don't know why this is happening. Uh, but, you know, maybe you guys could tell me. So yeah, I wonder if they could tell like how it's dialed. Right. I don't even know like what if I have an emergency button on mine. Oh, I do. You, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if it's I don't know what the button is. So if I hold I down have my- mine on my lock screen. So, oh, but, yours on a lock screen. But wait, wait what is, when is yours? What is yours? Well, hang on a minute here. Um, mine is. No, mine's different. So I, if I hold down the power button, because you're you're a Samsung guy, right? Yeah. If I hold down the power button, then I get power off, restart, emergency call. I wonder if that's something that's happening to mine too. I wonder if that's uh, if that's possibly happening. Could be. So, well, only one way to find out, I guess, and that's just to uh, go about another day. Yeah. So, yeah, we will uh, we'll play this game Thursday morning and see what happens. I'm excited for it, Joe. I'm not. <laughs> This is not uh, this is not something I'm really uh, all that looking forward to. Well, I am. So, yeah. Regardless, Andy, as I'm doing this, uh, Mike Claiborne, uh, the, the the man behind the Claves on uh, Claves Online, he has been in San Diego this uh, this past week. He was San out Diego for the uh, for the winter meetings. If you go uh, right now over to the uh, to the website of clavesonline.com you see that we had a, a special feature all uh, all week long for winter meeting coverage and just little things uh, here and there it needs to be updated right now because earlier today Bob Ramsey and I did uh, earlier Wednesday Bob Ramsey and I did a uh, daily cards episode for the uh, for the site but Andy it's um Clabes it, was out there he was uh, he he had did a quick interview with Katie Wu talked to Dusty Baker the uh, the the World Series champion manager for the Houston Astros talked with that talked with him um, we did our show from uh, while he was out there Andy it was a very productive winter meeting for Major League Baseball and I was uh, I was very happy to uh, to see that. Because uh, you know, the last few years have been pretty boring. Yeah, um, to see a little shakedown come out of San Diego from Mo and friends—that's pretty exciting. Not even Mo and friends. It's more just—I I mean, it, the fact that uh, just all of baseball is is doing something was really nice to see. You know, there I was I was really yeah. impressed with that. Yeah. Which one were you most impressed with? I mean, I would have to say Justin Verlander getting $43 million 
was pretty amazing. Uh, who did you get that from, Joe? The New York Mets. The Mets right now, Andy. Oh, wow. How about that? The Mets now. Yeah. Are sitting at around three hundred million dollars in uh for their payroll. Three hundred million dollars for the next year. They do have the richest uh richest owner in baseball by far. I got hit by a Ponzi scheme. No, no, no. That was Bernie Madoff, old uh old one. That that was old manager uh, old, or old uh old owner. Yeah, uh, we're we're not. Yeah, we're we're not. Uh, he he's not around anymore. But that is just. I, I mean, the the money that they are throwing out there is is really. I mean, it's quite impressive. Forty three million dollars for a player in uh, next year. So now that's both Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander both averaging around forty three million dollars a year. Aaron Judge gets forty million a year from the uh, from the Yankees, and. Uh, the Cardinals, though, uh, they, they go out today and they get their catcher for the next few years. They, uh, as we talked about, they signed Wilson Contreras, five-year deal, $87.5 million for the uh, former Cubs catcher, former Cubs world champion catcher, and a uh, and an all-star. So, <sighs> Andy, I'm not crazy about the deal. I'm not crazy about it, but... They went out there and they got the best free agent catcher available. I think so too. The uh, I know that if you were to ask people around base uh, around St. Louis who they would rather have, they would have told you Wilson Contreras or Sean Murphy. The rumors of what the A's wanted for Sean Murphy were ridiculous. Well, if the want- rumors are true. They wanted Lars Nupar and Nolan Gorman. Yeah, no. Yeah, you would have had Murphy. He's a first free eligible for free agency in 2026. So you would have had him for three, four years. But that's giving up two starters. I am I am more than fine with well, not doing that. Newt Bar, I don't care about, but not... not Newt Bar, from this past week, Newt Bar, I think the Cardinals have made it clear, Lars Newt Bar is going to be their starting center fielder and leadoff hitter in 2023. I mean, I have, I kind of understood that as well, that to, to be that way. So, if that's, uh, if that's the case, then yeah, you're, you're not giving that up. I think the Cardinals pivot, and I think they go a different direction. Now with uh, with some offseason plans, and I, I said this. I think I said this last week. I, I know I said this to Claves on Monday. Right now, eighty wins. The first team to eighty. If the Cardinals get to eighty wins, they they've won the NL Central. That's not even five hundred. Eighty wins gets them into the uh, gets them into the playoffs. Wins then the NL Central gets two games at home, the wild card series at home. I yes, I would like to see moves made. I think they are shopping multiple players on the roster right now, but I think that they can take their time and find the right deals. 
and wait to see what actual needs they have. And I think a lot of this comes from uh, Jordan Walker. Right. I think that's where... I think that's where that uh, I think that's where they are. They are in a holding pattern because I think the future of Jordan Walker opens up so many possibilities. Look at it scenario by scenario. Jordan Walker, if he comes out and he hits to the point where you cannot deny him an opening day roster spot. Right. I mean, he's your left or right fielder. And I think that makes Tyler O'Neill expendable right away. I think that that allows you to possibly trade Tyler O'Neill. I think right now I still think they're shipping or they're, they're trying to, they're trying to shop around Paul DeYoung somewhere, anywhere. And as Rammer and I got into it on Wednesday, <clears throat> and this kind of didn't hit me until recently Andy this uh this March we get the World Baseball Classic right as of right now that means Tommy Edmond Nolan Gore uh, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt will be off representing countries Arenado and Goldschmidt the US and I believe uh Edmund is with uh Korea I think that's what I I read so I'm just I'm confirming real quick. I think that's I, I want to say that's what they what it was recently what was uh yeah, I, I want to say that Tommy Edmund I guess has the option maybe. Right. But if they all go, Andy. Paul DeYoung, you can put him around and you can have him play a ton of different positions in preseason games, in spring training games, in practice, and you can show how versatile he is, whether that is at first, third, second, short, wherever. Which makes him more tradable. He can play more positions. You can you can shop him around to more teams. Right. Say, hey, here's a utility infielder. What do you have that you need to send to us? So I, I think the options are there for that. And then when you look at how versatile Edmund and Donovan are, and if those are two guys you're expecting to be big parts of the 23 season, what moves, I mean, do they, do they have to go out and spend big money on, uh, on Dansby Swanson? I don't think they do. Would they even? I think, I mean, I think they would kick the tires on it. They always and see just how tires. much. Yeah. They always kick the tires. Right. So there, there's a lot. I'm not there's... really surprised by the Contreras thing. Um, you know, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that they were, that they were going to do this at, at some point when they found out that Yadier Molina was retiring in that, in that um, Contreras had it, you know, he had a, didn't have a great season in Chicago, but had a, Decent season. Right. So I feel like it's just kind of a foregone conclusion. Yeah. 
It made the most sense for everybody. It did. Yeah, it uh, it did. So, I'm I, as as we sit here, I, I still think more moves get made. I think we see more. I, I think we see well, more. We've things, been you know, talking. Few, yeah, we've been talking all fall since the, since the end of the Cardinal season about um, how impactful this off season should be. Right. I mean, with the glaring needs that they had that the Cardinals had last season, mm-hmm. and being and with the free agent class available now. Do I think they should have signed some other folks that they that you know that have already signed other places? Maybe. Yeah. Um, is it is it too is it too little too late at this point? I don't know. No. So I mean, if you look at it right now. You have a lineup: Newbar leading off. What Edmund second, Goldschmidt third, Arenado fourth, Contreras fifth. So I'd roll it. With all my years of O'Neill, all my years DH of, of yeah. Major League Manager. DH of Gorman Yepes. Yeah. Carlson. Donovan. It's a yeah. You'll they'll be fine. You uh didn't mention And Yadier. I still think what? So you didn't mention Yadier Molina. Where's he gonna play? He he he's he's managing uh teams and getting ejected down in Puerto Rico. Oh yeah, he's getting a little bit of trouble, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Better shape up, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, so, I mean, on paper, it looks sounds like a great lineup. You would think. We just, I mean, it's it, a lineup that's going to win the NL Central. Well, yeah, but that what's that saying? I, I just, I, 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 as much as I would like to see a dominant one hundred and five win team, as fun as that summer would be. I do still believe in the in, I I believe in the win and anything can happen. I agree. Yes. That is that is what I that is kind of the way I believe things to go. Win and get in and then see what happens. And I feel like baseball wide open for that. Other sports like I mean NBA, no. You you know who the five, four or five teams are. NFL, we can sit here and I mean we could probably come up with six teams that have a chance. Okay. NHL and baseball are the two sports yeah. where you get into the postseason. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Just get in there and see what you can do. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of my way of thinking with uh I get with it. that. Yep. Andy, hey, uh, speaking of the NFL, uh, this is going to be a quick segment this week. It's time for our picks. Hit the music. Ooh, I like this one, Joe. Is it different from last it, week? It's the exact same. I get so confused. Andy, I sent out, what time did I send out the email today? Ooh. At 1.40. 1.40 p.m. That's correct, Joe. It was 1.40 p.m. Andy, nobody has emailed me back or texted me their picks. Oh. We're going to have to start cracking skulls. Nobody. Andy, only three games this week. Saw that, Joe. Yeah. Only three games. So, uh, with nobody else sending me their picks, 
That'll make this segment real fast. <laughs> also, not a whole lot of great games to choose from. So here we go. Is there a Saturday game this week, Joe? Um, that's a great question. Well, I could have looked it up. And you could have. Schedule. Oh, let's see here. Uh, Andy, we record this on Wednesday nights. It's not going to air till Friday morning. But we have a panty dropper in the NHL. What? Shut up. Andy Tage uh, Thompson, former Blue, in the second period of the game, has recorded his fifth goal. Wow, wow, wow. Yep. We have a panty dropper. Yeah. The score is 9-2 to after two. Five for... goals. Five goals. I need to let Rizzuto know about this. Let him know. Burton would be would be very uh, would be very excited about this. Let him know. Make sure uh, make sure they credit me. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? Absolutely, I'm not. <laughs> they did. I know. I want credit tomorrow too. I want my damn credit for that. Andy, three games this week, all in the NFL. You were asking if there was a Saturday night game, and I went to my scheduling app, and I got caught up in the uh, the score of the hockey game. <laughs> Apparently, one of the teams just decided to not have a goalie tonight. It was a uh, very odd choice, but uh, it did not work choice. out for them. Yeah, Joe, the Saturday games don't start until next week. Gotcha. We have uh, Colts Vikings on Saturday, Ravens Browns on Saturday, and then uh, Dolphins Bills. It's really it's a it's a triple day a, a, a all day affair of football. And then Andy, the week after that, the weird Christmas. So almost all the games are on Saturday, and then one, two, three, three games on Christmas Day, and then one game on uh, Monday. Yeah, Packers and Dolphins at noon on Christmas Day, Broncos at Rams, and Buccaneers at Cardinals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the games on Christmas Eve. I kind of like that. I wish and they were. In, also, I wish they were Christmas Eve evening. And then uh, the I'm gonna guess the Winter Classic is gonna be on Monday, January second. They will not go up against the NFL on <laughs> uh, on January one. No, and it really I don't think it has in the past. Never has. Never. If January one. January one's on a Sunday. The Winter Classic is not on Sunday. Yeah, same with like any uh, college football. They try to avoid any kind of. Uh, they usually have tried to avoid going head to head, right? With uh, yes. with them, I don't know if any of that has changed at all this uh, this year. And yeah, there are no games on one one you know, this, uh, this year. Do you remember? Are you young enough to, or old enough to remember when January one was just a day a, ch a day chock full of college football bowl games? Yeah. There had, been, there had to have been 20 of them on. Yeah, but that was also, I mean, it was different. I mean, those games actually meant something then. Well, they mean as much as they do now. I mean, the, there's the, the CF, obviously the CFP games mean more than mean more than anything, but, you know, mm -hmm. so. But that was, I remember as a kid, that was one of my favorite days of the year was watching all that college football. Well, Andy, we have no college football games in our no, picks uh, this week. It's uh, three NFL games. Those are the only three I could find. So, Andy, we start off very intriguing matchup when you look at the point spread. It's an NFC uh, North battle. Vikings at the Lions. The Vikings, Andy, on the uh, on the season, are have a uh, have themselves a record of ten and two. The Lions are five and seven. 
But Andy, the Lions are two and a half point favorites. It's really, really strange. But we love this late. Uh, we, uh, me and Joe, love this late season surge by the Lions and think this offense has enough firepower to further expose a struggling Vikings defense. But we can't justify picking Jared Goff and the Lions to win a duel with Kirk Cousins and his superior arsenal of skill players. Minnesota stinks on defense, yes, but Detroit ranks dead last in both points and yards allowed. There's a reason Minnesota has won 10 of 12 games this season and a reason Cousins has defeated Detroit in 8 of 10 meetings throughout his career. In this iteration of the NFL, the better offense with superior coaching typically prevails over the inferior inferior defense. Joe, I go with your Minnesota Vikings. That's what I'm going with too. It's uh, you know, they they should if they want to be seen as contenders, they need to win this game, plain and simple. And I, I think they they do so. It uh, shouldn't be too much pressure on them to go into Detroit and take care of uh, of business. Andy, next up, this one a little maybe a little more intriguing: an NFC East battle. It is with your number one seeded Philadelphia Eagles, still with only one loss on the year. The Giants, Andy, seven four. And one on the uh, on the season seven four and one. Andy, the uh, the Giants have not won a game since November thirteenth. With it being a division game between these two squads, expect this game to be closer than what the spread says. Philadelphia should be able to success to be successful on the ground and score a few touchdowns on this Giants defense. However, the Giants will get their opportunities. Thanks to Saquon Barkley and a big player two from Darius Slayton in the passing game. But in the end, Joe, the Eagles will win and clinch their spot in the playoffs. Joe, I go with your Philadelphia Eagles. Andy, right now I'm going with the, uh, I am going with uh, the Giants. Oh, in, okay. uh In this. Um, and purely for fantasy football reasons, I need uh, I need Daniel Jones to have a big game. Oh, I need therefore, Saquon to have a big game. Yeah, so uh, therefore I need the Giants to win. So Saquon uh, have a big game still and and, uh, and not win. So yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of why I'm going Giants here. I want to see them uh, see them win, or maybe the Eagles just get up big and Daniel Jones just has to throw for like 400 yards and just piles on the points. Either way, I need Daniel Jones to have a big game. So I picked Giants. Got it. In this one, and finally. Andy, uh, Tom Brady, it was a big deal when uh, Tom Brady finally played in San Francisco when he was with the Patriots because it was his first time going back to his uh, to the Bay Area. And Andy, he goes back there again now with the Buccaneers as they take on the 49ers with, uh, well, who are down to their third string quarterback. Joe, even though the 49ers have Purdy under center, it's tough to trust this Bucks team to win, let alone cover on Sunday. The Buccaneers had trouble scoring for the majority of Monday night's game against New Orleans. And San Francisco's defense has been incredible during their five-game winning streak, allowing just 11.4 points per game. Brady and company will put up a couple of scores, but it won't be enough as the 49ers win their sixth straight game in a close contest. Joe, I go with your... San Francisco 49ers. That's who I'm going with in this one as well. <clears throat> that's, uh, yeah, that's. It's tough with no Garoppolo. It's, it really is. Yeah. And, and Brady is just, Brady's really showing his age this season. Uh, I, I, just, I don't think they can, I just don't think they have it. 
No, I mean they're going to get in the playoffs. They they will, but uh, I think in this uh, I think in this game here, I I think the 49ers will just do a good job. Of, I mean they have so many offensive weapons. I, I think as long as you have a quarterback that can just avoid turning the ball over, I think they are going to do just fine in uh, in finding a way to uh, to win the game. So there you go. That's who I'm going with in that one. So you didn't like that Dolphins Chargers matchup, huh? No, no, I just. No, I'm I'm kind of off the Chargers this year. Oh, I thought you I thought you'd be interested in that Dolphins. No, I, I I might have thought about it, but yeah. There's the a end. lot of there's a lot of interesting things happening in that game. I think. Yeah, Andy. It'll, uh, it'll, hey, let's, it'll be it'll be a good Sunday night game, regardless. Andy, let's uh, oh Sunday night. You say? I, I I did say Sunday night. As a matter of fact, you didn't have it ready in your hand. I didn't think you were going to actually have me do it. You set yourself up. <laughs> You set yourself up for it, and you weren't prepared. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't going to do it. God. Hey, the this is weekend, Joe. We're brought to you by Munganass St. Louis Acura, the nation's only thirty-time Acura Precision Team winner. Hey, you can uh, go to stlouisacura.com, and you can see all of the new and pre-owned vehicles. They have their 13720 Manchester Road. Also, Andy, I mean, I, I was in the showroom a few weeks ago. If you get your significant other a car for uh, the holidays, they got the big bows on the cars. They will give you one of those bows to put on your car if that's what you're giving away for a, uh, for a Christmas present. Yeah. Shut up. Yep. Yeah, they got the bows there. You tell Jamie or Clayton that, uh, that you want one of the bows. They will hook you up with a bow. So... Is it a time to remember sales event? You bought a Lexus? <laughs> no, 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 Andy. Acura. Acura. St. Louis. No, it's, uh, Acura. Skit. Acura. I'm Sorry. Just, I just, I I'm, re- I'm just, yes, I'm just you making sure. It. I should have done yes. it outside the, I should have done it yes. outside the read. Joe, do you want to do that one over? Nope. Nope. Everybody knows it's Mungin at St. Louis Acura. They've been listening to this damn show long enough. They better know the damn sponsors. Of us here at Munganass uh, Weekend Joe. It's Munganass St. Louis Acura. Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, we are going to take a break when we come back. Hopefully, it's Ryan Fagan on the other side talking a little baseball with uh, with him. And then uh, we uh, we come back and we're going to wrap things up here on another uh, episode here of Weekend Joe. Driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Munganass Alton Toyota. ClavesOnline.com. You're listening to Weekend Joe here on ClavesOnline.com, sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body is at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. And hey, they will work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. If you're in a collision with a deer or anything else, uh, Collinsville Auto Body will help you out as I can speak to from past experience. Plus, I've known the family that's owned Collinsville Auto Body for at least the past 20 years now, maybe even longer. And I can tell you that it's good people doing great work at Collinsville Auto Body. 911. One North Bluff Road in Collinsville, another fine sponsor here of Weekend Joe. 
This season, give the gift of Cardinals ticket packs. Five, six, and ten game packs are on sale now and feature 2023's highest demand games and promotional giveaways. Choose from the opening day pack, the t-shirt pack, bobblehead pack, and more. New for 2023, check out the swag pack. Give the gift that lasts all season, all baseball season. Cardinals ticket packs start at just $54 and are on sale now at cardinals.com slash holiday. Back here, Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClavesOnline.com. Wrapping up a week of winter meetings and all kinds of baseball news here in December by welcoming in from Sporting News, he is Ryan Fagan. Ryan, what's going on, man? Uh, Everything in the baseball world right now. It's the... (laughs) These were the winter meetings we always dream of, right? You know, so many times the winter meetings come and go and we see maybe a signing or two here and then the big guys sign in in January or February. But this is what we wanted. This was the excitement. And it it started early with the Grom and it never seemed to let up. So you you weren't in San Diego. And I know this was kind of the first big winter meeting that we've had since December of 2019. Do you regret not being there or doing your job now? Do you kind of, was, was there a lot that you could have done there? And, and I know, however you answer too, I, I understand you're, you're going to say whatever needs to get you to the winter meetings next year, if that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it, it, in these, in these times we have to make decisions with money and travel budgets. And as we were talking about, yep. you know, with the world, world baseball classic coming this spring, that's a, an awfully enticing thing to be there and to yep. to be there for those games and to witness that environment because you know the winter meetings they're fun right you know it's it's good to see colleagues and it's good yep. to get a chance to interact with the managers and some GMs and these types of things uh, and you know if we would have known everything that went down this week would have gone down maybe we would have reassessed a little bit but you know I think it's still you got that feeling even if you weren't in San Diego what it felt like to be there, the buzz in the air. You heard, you know, on, on Twitter, you'd see reporters talking about it. You know, the, the, you know, the, the lobby is going crazy right now, you know, especially when the rumors of Aaron judge to San San Francisco started to pick up, you know, so it was, yeah, it was, it was quite the, the winter meetings event, even from here in St. Louis. I know amazing that the, that MLB network was able to go live basically yeah. from people's cell phones. They, yeah. they were able to get their talent just, okay, Hey, you know what? We're, we need to patch you in somehow it's 5. AM out there. I get it, but we, we need to get you on and talk judge. That was, that was pretty cool to see them, uh, them breaking into whatever they had to bring you. I mean, what really is, I mean, $40 million a year and just yeah. the story that surrounds it is one of it really is one of the coolest free agent stories that I think we've seen in baseball. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get to judge in a second, but I'm glad you brought up the MLB network. You know, they they did a good job. And I even, you know, I talked with a friend that I have there and I just said, you know, kudos on getting things going because the previous couple of days, you know, they would just run reruns of the MLB tonight from the previous night. They would run those until I think 9 a.m. So 7 a.m. Um uh, West Coast time out there in San Diego. But when the judge news broke at like 5.20 a.m., you know, the, the first text message went out and then there was just this immediate response and, and text messages going out and emails going out. And, and they really rallied their troops to, to get uh, the coverage that was needed for a signing like that. You know, and it's it's not just because Aaron Judge is a Yankee, right? You know, it's not just that East Coast bias, the, the Yankee bias. It really was this guy who did incredible things last year, who mm. bet on himself the way that he did to see that he basically turned 62 home runs in 2022 
into $146 million, right? And if you want to look at it that way, that's like $2.4 million, $2.35 million per home run because he bet on himself, you know, and he really did come through with the season that, you know, not just he needed, but I mean, the Yankees, you look at that Yankees lineup, right? Last year, outside of him, and Anthony Rizzo was solid, fine. Outside of that, you had a lot of guys who swung and missed a lot. You had a lot of guys who didn't make regular contact, who didn't regularly drive the ball. And the fact that that lineup, when you look at it in its totality, was part of a team that won 62 games really is a testament to Judge and the other, especially the pitching pieces that the Yankees had last year. Uh, more, yeah, no, not 62 games. They uh, won – how many games did the Yankees win? Uh, 99 games. Yeah, ni- yeah. yeah, yeah, 99, yeah. Yeah, um, got the sixty-two from Judge stuck in my head, right? <laughs> the uh, and but the thing is, though, and yeah, we can start diving into it. Yeah, what what next for the uh, for the Yankees? Yeah. And we'll, we'll we'll you know let's let's stay with Judge. Let's let's stay there because we have seen the Yankees. That you know we we always know how big how big of spenders they are, and we know you know, they're the Yankees and they, they went out and they got Garrett Cole a few years ago and gave him one of the biggest pitching contracts that we've ever, it wasn't the biggest pitching contract we ever saw in the history of baseball at, at that time that they gave Garrett Cole. And now they're giving Aaron judge the biggest contract that we've ever seen a player get a, a position player get in baseball history. I, I mean, what next though, what else can they do? Because you just mentioned ever all their issues last year, they haven't signed anybody else. Yeah, they, they, they have a lot of work to do. And I think part of the, the work that they have to do is cutting loose of players who are no longer productive, who are no longer worthy of being in uh, a World Series contending lineup. And that's hard to do. They they just gave Aaron Judge a lot of money. They're going to have to eat a lot of money. Actually working on a column right now for SportingNews.com. I mean, you look at that lineup, right? You know, Josh Donaldson, you know, Kiner Falefa at shortstop, um, Aaron Hicks in the outfield. And even the catching spot, these are all positions where they got an OPS plus under 100. And in some cases, significantly under 100. You're talking about four to five positions in the lineup where they had hitters that were five to 15 percent worse than the average player, the average hitter at those positions. You know, in some positions, you can accept that. Right. Jose Trevino was fantastic as a catcher. Right. They wouldn't trade it. They're okay with him producing an OPS of 95, right? That's okay because he's so good behind the plate and all these other things he he brings. And, you know, the Cardinals know that you can get away with that if you get production in other ways out of the, the, the catching spot. The Astros, I mean, they won a World Series with Martin Maldonado basically doing nothing offensively behind the plate. And you can get away with that if you have the lineup to kind of make that okay. And the Yankees don't. And, and it's not looking like Josh Donaldson. It's not like he's 27, right? And he's going to turn around because he was just injured. You know, it's not like Aaron Hicks is, is a spring chicken anymore. Like he's gonna, just going to turn around. You know, kind of Leffa, he is basically, he was last year what he kind of was with the Rangers beforehand. So, you know, I think that they're going to have some tough decisions to make because just getting those bats out of the lineup and not giving, you know, 1,500 plate appearances to guys who are going to be that far under league average, that's something they have to seriously look at. So you can give Aaron Judge all the money you want, but you might have to eat some of that money just to, you know, increase your production at some pretty key spots. Can't you say that? I mean, when when you look at all of all of Major League Baseball and you, you know, if you look at, okay, no offensive production out of the catcher, but you can still win. And no, right. you know, a defensive-minded shortstop or second baseman. I mean, if you have 
I, I, if you have seven good hitters in the lineup, it doesn't matter what positions they're right. playing. It's, you know, you, you just need to find those guys and kind of understand, okay, you know what, we're going to take a hit here, but that guy's good defensively and maybe he'll save us a couple. And, and I think that's what the Cardinals have done a lot recently with, and maybe they've cut ties with that. I mean, you saw him trade away Bader, a, a right. gold glove outfielder and, you know, they might part ways with Tyler O'Neill, another gold glove outfielder and just say, you know what? Hey, the offense just wasn't there for us to be able to put up with this defense anymore. Well, yeah. And that's the thing is you, you can, you can do that with one spot in your lineup, yeah. two spots in your lineup. Maybe you, cause it's, I'm not saying it's wrong to prioritize defense, but like you look at the Yankees and they had a defensive minded catcher who didn't hit. They had a defensive minded shortstop who didn't hit. They had a defensive minded third baseman, not that he wanted to be, but that's what Josh Donaldson essentially was last year who didn't hit. They gave 500 plate appearances to Aaron Hicks who didn't hit. Right. And all of a sudden you're looking at, you only get nine spots in the lineup. Right. And if you've got four of them where you're not producing and then Joey Gallo, before he was traded, got 270 some odd plate appearances. So you, some nights had five positions in the lineup where you weren't hitting. And that's not good enough. If you want to compete for championships, you know, they did again, they won 99 games. They won the American league East. They made it to the ALCS, but then they weren't competitive really very much in that series got swept by the Astros in the ALCS. And, you know, when you look at the Cardinals, we saw, especially in that postseason, when you're facing ace-type pitchers that you're going to see in the postseason, like Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler, you can't have four to five spots, really even three spots, where you're not getting competitive at bats. And I think especially when a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, who was so good all year, wasn't his normal self, you know, then you really saw that show up in just the almost complete lack of offense in that, in that wild card series against the Phillies. Uh, switching gears here, I'm glad you brought up Gallo because it, it does kind of tie into the Yankees too and a guy like Matt Carpenter. Yeah. Those are guys that, you know, we, we know where they're hitting the baseball. <laughs> we know <laughs> when they get, if they make contact, we know where the baseball right. is going. This year, one of the biggest rule changes is going to be the shift that, right. that we're going to see in baseball. It's going to be really fascinating to see the kind of deals and where guys like that end up because – you would have to assume if the defense isn't allowed to play the way play them the way they have in the past, their numbers are going to go up and they're going to be more productive, right? It, it makes sense that that would happen, right? And I think part of what the shift did was it in it induced hitters, especially left-handed hitters, to try to get the ball in the air, right? Because they 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 basically said we're not going to be able to come up become opposite field hitters. Some of these guys, we're just it's not something we're going to be able to do to make that adjustment. It, it, in the major league level. So what we have to do is then hit the ball over everybody. So then you're changing your swing, you're changing your swing patterns. And I think that led to some of the strikeout rates you see with some of these players, you know, some guys like Anthony Rizzo, he adjusted and it helped that he went to Yankee stadium where, you know, that porch was very favorable to him. And I think that's why a lot of people thought that Joey Gallo uh, would be there too. And he didn't succeed in, in New York for other reasons, but yeah, I mean, there was essentially for, you know, almost a hundred years, you had a spot in short right field where every left-handed hitter could hit a line drive. And it was a single every time. If it stuck past the, the, the right fielder, it was a double or a triple, you know, that for the last five, 10 years has been gone. That's been an out. That's been a ground out. That's been, you know, a, a four, three or a, a five, three sometimes when the third baseman shifts all the way over to that spot, it's not been something that's been available to them. You know, we tell our, our four-year-old daughter something, if she can't have it, this is not available to you. Well, <laughs> it's not been available to these left-handed pull hitters for a long time. And now it is. 
right? And you're still going to see second baseman with range. You're going to see them shifted over, but they can't play that deep, right? So those line drives that don't carry out to the right fielder um, that have been outs for a long time. Now that's still going to get over the second baseman who's playing with, you know, his feet on the, on the very back of the, of the dirt. You know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the shift as a philosophy because you're impacting strategy. I don't like necessarily rules that impact strategy, like the pitch clock. I love it. I think it's going to be fantastic. I think you're going to see some hiccups early. You know, I think you're going to see umpires um, catching fire for enforcing it. You know, but you talk to the the players who have come up through the minor leagues where they've had a pitch clock for a long time. They love it. Right. You talk to pitchers who go down, um, whether it's on a rehab assignment, whatever, they like it. They hate it right away, but I think they like it. I think we'll get used to that. You know, I think that's going to be a good thing for baseball. But the shift, I, I mean, I get why they want to do it, right? Because you're not going to be able to make pitchers throw slower, right? You can't legislate that. So I think what you're trying to do in increasing offense is to put that spot, you know, put the ability to have more singles, more doubles um, that the, the, the numbers and the shifts are taking away. But Again, I just I, I have, you know, philo- philosophically a problem with <laughs> impacting strategies and saying, okay, you got too good at this, and now you can't do it anymore. I'm not so sure about that. Let's talk locally. Let's talk about the Cardinals and what they did yesterday. A, a move yeah. that we we all saw coming. It didn't surprise anybody, and shouldn't have if you've been paying attention to anything Cardinal related since June or July. Wilson Contreras, five years, eighty-seven and a half million dollars. The, uh, the former Cub, the former Cub World Series winner comes to oh. St. Louis to uh, be the face that replaces Yadier Molina behind the plate. Um, I, I, we all knew it was coming, I think, for right. the most part. Any hangups at all about that, that deal that they ended up uh, making with him? No, I think it's I, I think I think it's going to be a very good deal for the Cardinals. You know, they didn't overpay i mean in an ideal world maybe you only give him four years but i think when you look at what the market has shown over the past week and some of the deals that have happened you know to get a starting all-star caliber catcher for 17 and a half million on an average annual value that's a good deal right for five years that's not extending yourself that that's not prohibitive you know i mean xander bogarts is a fantastic shortstop i don't think anyone in a million years thought he was going to get 11 years and 280 million dollars these these are mind-boggling numbers and you know we you know the cardinals have been connected to shortstops the shortstop market and then you see trey turner getting what he got bogart's getting what he got and you know all of a sudden dansby swanson who a lot of people in the, in the industry thought maybe get you know 135 to 150 million dollars all of a sudden he looks like a 200 million dollar player and is you know what teams are going to do that it doesn't seem like the cardinals are going to do that especially because they went out and they they took care of the biggest need because right catcher was the biggest need, you know, and Contreras is a guy that he's athletic enough. You know, he could, he could play a corner outfield spot if he needed to, he can, you know, eventually learn to play first base if he needed to, you know, if, if Goldschmidt is, is out for short times and he's not going to be a full-time guy there, but he, you know, and obviously he can DH too, to keep that bat in the lineup, you know, and that's what we talked about earlier when you have these holes in your lineup and that's what it was for the Cardinals last year, you know, Molina had some big hits. There's no doubt about it. He seemed to be able to tap into that, um, that, that Yadier Molina gene that still runs so strong, even if he wasn't consistently the hitter, he had some big moments. There's no doubt, but Contreras is a massive upgrade over Molina and Andrew Kisner offensively. And so you're, you're seeing that one big need the Cardinals had taken care of. And I think that was a very good start to, the the offseason now you wonder how 
the shortstop chase is going to look all of a sudden Tommy Evan looks a lot better at shortstop now than he did you know, last night before Xander Bogart's got $280 million and reset that. Cause you know, I mean, you look and you look at it too, you know, Edmund's a good defensive shortstop, obviously. And if you have Edmund as the shortstop and then a second base combo of Brendan Donovan and Nolan Gorman with Donovan being able to move around and shifting where he needs to be, you know, look, Nolan Gorman wasn't a great defensive second baseman last year. He wasn't horrible and he's still learning the position you know i remember talking to him I, I think it was two off seasons ago and i spent you know 25 30 minutes on the phone with him he was talking about the the transition to second base it's a big it's a big difference right you're, you're completely learning a new position and he was doing it under a lot of scrutiny you know not just in the majors but in the minors so i think the more time he gets another off season you know he's going to be still a good hitter and he's got to work on some of the holes in the swing right he swings and misses I think a little bit more than the Cardinals were expecting, certainly more than they would like. But again, he's young, another offseason. I think that when you see the alternative is paying a guy like Dansby Swanson, and I love Dansby Swanson. He's a really good player. Every Braves fan will tell you he is a streaky hitter. You know, when he's on fire, he's going to carry a team. But when he's not, he's a guy, there's a reason he was hitting seventh and eighth in the lineup for a, a long portion of the last couple of years where the, the Braves have been successful. And, to give that kind of a contract to that guy when the Cardinals are trying to do what they are budgetarily, whether they have to, or whether they're just trying to is another question, but that's the reality of how they're looking at it. You know, again, it, the, the, the middle infield combo of Edmund at shortstop and, and Donovan and Gorman at second base doesn't look so bad. No. And when you look at all the other pieces there too, I, you know, you know, Yepes and yeah. Newt Bar and Carlson and O'Neill. That's, you know, those four in your outfield and DHing. And it, you seem to have all these pieces in place that make a starting nine in, in baseball. Plus you have seven starting guys that are capable of being starting pitchers. I don't see where the rush is in the Cardinal organization now when they look around and they go, all right, like, what's our competition look like in this division right now? Yeah, like no. how many wins is it going to take to, to win the NL central? Okay. Why, why should we go give a $200 or $200 million contract to somebody when we could just make trades at the deadline again? You know, and I think, and that's where you're going to see what, how the Cardinals are looking at this. Right. Uh, I think there's, cause there's two ways to look at it. Right. One is you get into the postseason, A lot of things can happen. All right. And the Cardinals are in very good position to get into the postseason. I think on the short list of teams that are in good position to get into the postseason, the Cardinals are right up at the top there. Because to win the division. I mean, right, I think if you get if the division, you, yeah, if you are going to look, if you're going to handicap every team in the National League's odds to win their division, I would have to say the Cardinals have the best odds to win their division. When you look Absolutely. at the Padres and the Dodgers in the National League West, and you look at everything going on in the NL East right now, if you, I mean, they would have to be the best odds to win a win a division right now. Yeah, absolutely. But the question is, is that the goal, right? Because the Padres, they they don't care about the division. If you ask the right. Padres, are, are you going to win the, the NL West? They would say, we, we don't care. That's not the goal. Because they know, and they showed last year, you get into the postseason and you've got a lineup like they do. And you've got the starting pitching that they do. And, you know, we saw them already spend very heavily to keep a couple of relievers you know, and Robert Suarez and Nick Martinez, they were big pieces of last year's team. We saw them spend very heavily to bring them back. And their goal is to win a World Series. And they're spending like their goal is to win a World Series. Whether they were ever serious 
seriously contenders in Aaron Judge's mind, they made the significant offer to bring him to San Diego. They made a significant offer to bring Trey Turner to San Diego. They gave Xander Bogarts more than anyone expected him to get because they wanted to win a World Series. And I think they look at it as they've got a window because Manny Machado has an opt-out that's coming up soon. You know, Juan Soto, for as big as the trade was, he's a, he's a free agent in two years. So they looked at it and they said, okay, well, we could conceivably be starting the 2025 season without Machado or Soto. What are we going to do, right? So they went out and so they, they signed Xander Bogarts because they want to win a World Series. Now, if the Cardinals want to win a World Series, there's more to do. If they want to get in the postseason, roll the dice and see how things play out, could they? Could the roster as set up right now win a World Series? I don't know. I don't think the starting pitching is that level. The starting pitching is absolutely at the level to win the NL Central, though, and I don't think there's much doubt about that. What uh, What do you think is going through a guy like Nolan Arenado's mind right now when he looks at some of the – 30, $40 million <laughs> contracts that are out there. And he, he stayed, he didn't, he didn't yeah. want to go through all, all of that. And, you know, it's, I, I guess if you, you know, believe the reports, he was, he was told, he was assured that this team was going to make a run at a world series and uh, yeah, they're a playoff team, but as you just mentioned, you don't think they're a world series team. I think part of that has to do with the, the starting pitching. I think you look at the way that teams win in the postseason, and it's having guys who can go out and, and strike guys out and miss bats, you know, and they have that in the bullpen, right? And, you know, Steven Matz is the guy who's your best strikeout starting pitcher. I know his numbers were very good, but he didn't do it over a full season because he missed time. You know, th that's the question is, you know, can can a, a rotation that has, you know, guys like Miles My Michaelis and Adam Wainwright, and can they go out there and be the type of team over a month against the best hitters in baseball that, you know, goes on a run and win, wins World Series. I mean, possibly it absolutely could happen. But if you're stacking up rotations, you know, you look at what the Astros had. I mean, they had guys like, you know, Luis Garcia and Jose Urquidy who were really good. You know, they would be like the number two or three guy in the Cardinals rotation. They were bullpen pieces last year in the postseason because that's how good the Astros were and how many swing and miss guys they had, not just the bullpen. And they had a lot of them in the bullpen, as we saw time and time again, but in the rotation, too. And I think that's the question. And, you know, part of it, part of the swing and miss thing in the rotation is if you have swing and miss guys in June and July, you're ending ending sooner, which means you're not getting to the bullpen as quickly. So it's kind of a cumulative effect, too, when you just have ground ball contact guys and you know pitchers who are going to have 12 you know 10 to 12 uh, pitch at bats on a, on a game to game basis because they're getting a lot of foul balls right i say i think that's the question if you're looking at how do the cardinals make the quickest path to becoming a a more serious world series contender now that they have Contreras and they've addressed one of the gaping holes in in the lineup um i think that's the quickest way to do it so right now dansby swanson he the biggest free agent uh, out there I'd still say it's Carlos Rodon right now. I okay. think if you're looking so, at the, the biggest, the biggest, the most impactful guy, I, I think it's Carlos Rodon. So as we as we sit here, then knowing uh, how the Cardinals operate, uh, who's out there that they could trade for? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, the, the, and the reality is, is the trade market is much more open than the free agent market because either you are a free agent or you're not. But if you're a guy who is potentially available, it depends on what 
the offer is, right? I think, and so there's so many other guys who could be potentially traded for. And the Cardinals have the farm system that if they decide that's what they want to do, they could do it. And I think that's one of the things I know a lot of Cardinals fans wanted Sean Murphy, you know, and they heard all about Sean Murphy and, and all these different things, but Sean Murphy costs players and then money, right? And now that they got Wilson Contreras for, you know, the steel line from Jeff Jones from the, the Globe Democrat for just money, right? Now they still have those prospects and these this farm death if they want to go out and get an uh, impact starting pitcher to slide in the number one, number two, number three spots in the rotation. Now they can do that too, whereas those, those starting pitchers may not be available on the market now that we've seen guys like you know Taiwan Walker go for what he did. Um, you know, I thought the Mets got a fantastic deal in Jose Quintana for two years, $26 yeah. million. That you know, as, <laughs> as much as the Xander Bogart's number made me say, Wow, the Quintana number almost did the same thing for the opposite reason. He seems like such a steal with as good as he was last year. Um, he would have looked good uh, in that Cardinals rotation again. Um but I, I think that, you know, at some point this year, if the Cardinals feel like they are really World Series contenders, it could happen now. I, I don't expect them to sign Carlos Rodon, but I think they understand what he represents and what he would be at the top of that rotation. But at some point uh, before we get to August, if the Cardinals feel like they're serious World Series contenders, you're going to see another uh, another arm at the top of that rotation, near the top of that rotation. I asked Bob Ramsey this question yesterday when uh, after we did our show when Wilson Contreras signed, so I'll ask you because I think this is one of the biggest things hanging over the heads right now of the Cardinals front office is what will Jordan Walker be for the team in 2023? Do the Cardinals, does the Cardinals front office want Jordan Walker to be in the lineup on opening day? That's a good question. Opening day, I, I'm not sure. He doesn't have a lot of time in the higher levels of the minors, you know, and for every guy like Julio Rodriguez we see who comes in and, and has a big impact right away, you know, I, there, there are guys who need that time in the minors. And, you know, I don't know that the the service time thing is is quite as big of a deal now, now that you get there are incentives for bringing guys up and, you know, getting them in right away and, and winning rookie of the year awards, you get extra draft picks and all these things that helps. I think here's the thing. If the Cardinals go into spring training and they give Jordan Walker a lot of at bats, which I think you're going to see, unless there's some sort of injury issue, you're going to see him get a lot of at bats. They have the luxury that maybe a team like the Braves or the, you know, the Padres or the Dodgers or the Mets, the Phillies teams that are competing. in as we talked about very tight divisions, the Cardinals have the, the luxury of being able to give Jordan Walker at bats in the bigs early on. If he shows in the spring training, he could be there and still win the division. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we saw even those as good as Julio Rodriguez was uh, last year, the first couple weeks of the season, he struggled. He, he looked overmatched at times. He, he looked like he was, he was going to steal bases when he got on base, but he wasn't getting on base a whole lot. And then he adjusted and he got there. You know, Jordan Walker is a, a prodigious talent. He's a guy that I think could absolutely be the big bat that they need. You know, he's the he's the guy that could be good enough. And I know Cardinals fans want a, a left-handed bat in that lineup, and ideally that would come. But Jordan Walker is the kind of guy like Arnado and Goldschmidt who could be good enough that it doesn't matter yeah. what side of the, the plate he stands on. You know, he really is a, a, a ridiculous talent. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I don't, I don't think it's imperative that they start him at the big league level uh, for opening day, unless he shows, 
in the the spring training that he's that he's earned that shot. Ryan Fagan, Sporting News. Ryan, look forward to the uh, next time I get to see you. Maybe it'll yes. be uh, maybe it'll be down at the World Baseball Classic. We'll uh, we'll we'll touch base and we'll see if we can work that out. Yep, we'll make it happen. Ryan, thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Thanks. As one of St. Louis's fastest growing companies and largest private companies, St. Louis Acura is proud to serve you and remains committed to becoming better than ever for you. As new Acuras become more available every day, we are not backing down from selling 100% more quality pre-owned vehicles than ever before. We want customers that appreciate our friendly, outgoing team and our award-winning service because at St. Louis Acura, we are better than ever for you. There's always been a bright side to living in downstate Illinois. Ameren, Illinois is making it even brighter with a little help from the sun. Right now, we're building a next generation solar facility to bring you cleaner energy for generations to come. It's good for the environment, your neighborhood, and everyone living in downstate Illinois. That's brighter thinking. That's energy at work. Learn how you can participate in solar programs at AmerenIllinois.com renewables. From our roots in St. Louis, Royal Banks of Missouri is branching out to continue serving you with our locations in St. Charles, Jerseyville, Granite City, and now in Hannibal, Center, and New London. Royal Banks of Missouri, the community bank in your community. Back here, final segment, Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, here on ClavesOnline.com. Joe Roderick here, Andy Hanselman over there. Hey, uh, Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. Find them online at altontoyota.com. That's altontoyota.com. They got the bows there too, Andy, over there at the uh, at the location. Uh, no, Homer Adams Parkway, 850 Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, Illinois. You can uh, you could find them there. You can find all of the services that they do for you as well at Munganass Alton Toyota, again, at altontoyota.com. Andy, I am um, I'm at a little uh, loss for crack slippers today. Oh, no. I know. I, I, I don't have a, a whole lot uh, to, uh, to add in to, to go over with um, in, uh, in crack slippers for us uh for us today but andy i will uh i do have this though if uh yeah you know what i do i have a crack slip randy if you would joe some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news and we picked those stories up here on weekend joe these are the crack slippers with joe roderick on clavesonline.com andy you were talking about bowl games earlier right i was andy there is a, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but there is a Cheez-It Bowl. I like a big bowl of Cheez-Its, Joe. Yeah, a Cheez-It Bowl. And uh, Andy, four players involved in the two, there are two Cheez-It Bowl games. Two? Shut up. Two Cheez-It Bowl games. You're kidding. <clears throat> Andy, in, uh, in this year's. Cheese it bowl. Um, they will have uh, there as I'm trying to look at what teams are in. It is the uh, there is the Camping World is ones at Camping World Stadium, Orlando. Yeah, NFL size stadium in Orlando. 
Yes. Yes. The other Andy, I don't know where the other cheese it bowl is. Ooh. But I, I have here there are two cheese it bowls. Well, hang on. You, you got you're gonna look that up? Because I'm just going off a story that I saw on Twitter that I, I feel like needs uh need, needs some coverage here. So the first one is the one in, in Orlando. Yeah. Like you said. Florida State and Oklahoma. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing as well. Is that one of them? Is I, I maybe that's the only one that's uh well, that is yeah. Well, kind of what I'm seeing here, Joe. Okay. I don't think there's two. Well, well hang on. Here's Cheese at Bowl, Arizona. Mm. Well, it's been played in different places, Joe. Okay. <clears throat> so on Oklahoma, the Florida of- State, I have is December 29th. Yeah, that's what I have here too. Okay. Uh, it also organizes this uh, organized by the Florida Citrus Group, which also organizes the Citrus Bowl and the Florida Classic. It's like it's always been. It's always been, it's been the Sunshine Football Classic. Then it was also formerly known as Joe. You remember, you might remember the Blockbuster Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Car Quest Bowl. And the uh, well, Andy, the I have this. Here we go. Okay. Okay. So it's the Cheez It Bowl and the Citrus Bowl. Those are the two Cheez It Bowls. Cheez It oh. announced. Yeah, Cheez It announced last week. They plan to honor one player from each of the four teams taking part in the sponsored bowl game the Cheez It Bowl and the Cheez It Citrus Bowl. The players are going to enjoy the ah. Cheez It Feeling the Cheesiest Hotel Room. Oh. Which, Andy, are hotel rooms decked out in all kinds of Cheez-It colors and Cheez-It apparel. The rooms will fe- feature Cheez-It box, bedside table lamps, Cheez-It orange and yellow mood lighting, the unbecheezable plush pillows for the cheesiest sleep of their dreams. The Cheez-It Bowl and the Citrus Bowl have yet to announce them. Uh, so I guess they have announced their matchups now, as we mentioned, Florida State and Oklahoma. But, Andy... There you go. You get uh, there would be a one player from each team that will get to stay in this. Would you want to win that? Yes. I'm a big fan of the cheese of the uh, cheese it snack, Joe. Favorite cheese it? Well, it depends. There's always the the classic is always number one, Joe. But they come out they come out with different variants from time to time. And right now they have ch- uh, cheddar ranch. Cheese it grooves. The grooves, Andy, are my favorites. They're unbelievable. It's an unbelievable snack. Yeah. It could be one of the best snacks going of all time. Yeah, those uh the, the grooves are are by far the uh the my favorite that I, I cannot have them in the house. Will you'll eat all of them? Yeah. Like in one in sitting. One, in one sitting. Pretty easy. In thing one to sitting. Do. Joe, did in the uh, in the sponsorship history of the uh, Citrus Bowl? Not really. No, okay. I like I like this kind of shit. <laughs> I know we, that's something. Next week, next week we can get into all that. Okay, we'll we'll have a lot less going on next week. All right. So we I will. Like yeah, I like it. Andy, um, this Saturday we are uh, um, we're we're flying up to Chicago for the day. Five a.m. flight up there, nine fifty flight back. 
a little surprise uh, Christmas weekend for for Hudson. Oh, nice. Yeah. But so you say weekend, but it's only one day. It is one day. Yeah. Huh. 15 hours, I guess. Yeah. I guess if you're going to be there for 15 hours, flying is the best way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Figured out how to uh, how to pull all that off. How come you how come you couldn't stay till Sunday? I did uh swim meet on a Sunday. Ah, so you gotta get back. And and I I mean I, I got a I got a great deal on uh on these on these one way trips, uh one way flights or round nice. trip flights for the day. Andy, it's gonna be a quick up and back and it's gonna be nonstop movement uh Love for it. for thirteen hours, fourteen hours. There is nothing, Joe, nothing like Michigan Avenue and Christmas. I know. That's uh that was my thought behind it. Is that you guys are going? Are you guys gonna go see your sister? No, oh, no, they they are going to meet with us. Oh, great! And you guys would yeah. hang out downtown. Yeah, all day, uh, dude. It's incredible. It's I just know. The best. We I'm went. We went as a. It. We went as a family last year and just had an absolute blast. And it's just mm-hmm. gorgeous. all the lights are just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, so it'll be a uh, be a fun time up there. I'll let you know about it next week when we do the show. Everybody else out there, have a uh, very safe and happy weekend. And we will talk to you next week. Hey, it's all kinds of content on the all-new ClabesOnline.com. Go check it out and give us your feedback. For Andy Hanselman, I am Joe Roderick. This has been Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. It's ClabesOnline.com. As one of St. Louis's largest veteran-owned companies, St. Louis Acura knows what it means to serve. As we head into the holiday season, St. Louis Acura is collecting toys for tots for the United States Marine Corps and a clothing drive for local military charities and churches. Each donation can earn a gift from our boutique or a discount on a vehicle service or car wash. Please help us help others this holiday season, and thank you for helping St. Louis Acura become one of the area's top 50 fastest-growing businesses for 2021.